Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (laughs) Welcome back to the huddle. If you want to join the conversation with us, you certainly can. We'll take your calls and texts later on this hour. Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. Our first guest this morning is our good friend and the genius behind Purple Insider, Matthew Collar. Matt, good morning. Good to have you with us. Genius, huh? Wow. Well, I want you to come back again sometime, so I thought I'd really lay it on thick. You might be pushing it there a little bit, but I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, just want to start out by saying every player that your favorite team took was higher on my draft board, so you got a steal. Everybody got a steal. All the undrafted free agents, they're all steals. Uh, Matt, Pete and I both, uh, we know better than the Vikings brass. Neither one of us are thrilled with the Jordan Addison pick. What, was this really, truly the best pick they could have made? What were your thoughts? Oh, uh, I'm I'm on the opposite side of that. I, I I actually had Jordan Addison as a player that I targeted kind of early on in the draft process because, you know, I mean, number one, he is a great route runner. And I think that that is the number one thing that is going to separate somebody. And I know that he's not the biggest guy, but creating separation is a number one. We've seen that from Stephon Diggs. We've seen it from Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. That's what's going to win in the NFL. I also think that you know, there's a few things that need to be considered. I mean, number one is that uh, opposing teams toward the end of last year started loading up so much coverage on Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne did not make them pay for that. TJ Hawkinson did, but that's a tight end. There's only so much impact that you can make. I think you needed another guy that could make teams pay for it. The other thing is KJ Osborne is a free agent after this year. So Justin Jefferson's going to be like, you know, Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince looking around saying, I don't have any other receivers. So I think that's important. I think wide receiver two is extremely important. And then to spend the rest of the draft, you know, trying to load up on that secondary, I, I think was a really good plan. I, you know, Addison is certainly, when you look at him, he's probably not the most imposing figure when the general manager and head coach are twice as big as you. But I think if you watch the guy play at USC, he's open all the time. And he's a playmaker, so I like the way that he fits with this team. I can see why they like him so much. Matthew, um, so that one we're, we're willing to, or I'm willing to disagree with you, but I would say this. Uh, what about the corner? Because then all of a sudden we go to a corner who's also 5'11 and 170 pounds. And, and it, it just seems like, you know, we've got the same player where we could have had somebody who's probably bigger, probably equally or faster, um, and, and more of a vertical player which is something I think that the Vikings defense really has lacked. And, and yet we decided to go a different direction for cornerback when we did have the opportunity in the third round. So what, what, did, you, what did you think about that decision as well? Yeah, Makai Blackman, uh, I did scratch my head a little bit at the player because when you looked at the way that the outside world, the draft analysts, where they put him and where they put some other cornerbacks like Keely Ringo, I think is kind of who you're referencing there, the – 
a mm-hmm. track runner from Georgia, which sounds a little more attractive. I think he was, uh, what, 6'2", <laughs> over 200 pounds, and uh, mm-hmm. just kind of a physical freak. But, you know, I think what they went for with both Makai Blackman and uh, with Jay Ward was versatility. I mean, that was the, the word that kept getting used by the scouts we talked to, by Quasi Dapalmenta, that they brought in Brian Flores, and he wants a lot of players who can do a lot of different things. And so they project Blackman as a guy who can play inside or outside, and I I think that's really important. I mean, the nickel corner position, to me, is the most underrated in the NFL, and we don't think about it a whole lot. Teams don't spend a whole lot of money in it. But then look at Shannon Sullivan last year and how much that cost them to have a bad nickel cornerback. So, I mean, I think that they really went extremely for fit here because I did not have Blackman or – Jay Ward on my radar at all, but yet that was the number one thing that they talked about. It's hard. I mean, I, I, I agree with that when we go through the analysis leading up, we kind of fall in love with certain players or we see, oh, the, on this guy's board, this one player was way higher. But it's also hard for me to say, no, Brian Flores, don't get the corners you think fits, right? I mean, I do think he's undersized. I, he's also 24 years old, so I kind of like, is that, you know, do you want somebody with a little more upside? But I also think that, you know, they did the right thing positionally at that position to get, you know, not only him, but also another cornerback. That's one we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on because of the players that uh, they passed up on, though, for sure. Matthew Collar of Purple Insider joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this morning. Uh, Matt, looking down some of the later picks, uh, I, my eyes are drawn a bit to, to Jaron Hall. I know that he's a project. I know that he's 25 years old. I, I watched a little bit of film on him. Is this a guy that they truly do believe uh, could eventually develop into something? Or was this just a, hey, we need a quarterback to throw in there and a backup. Let's just get this kid. Well, the cool thing is that Jaron Hall can talk early 90s football with me and Pete uh, next time <laughs> we're on. So he's old enough. Um no, look, I, I think I think what they I think what they wanted to do here is they wanted to get somebody who they really believed in his character and thought, you know, throws a nice football, but they weren't really willing to invest in somebody at the very top, as we saw from Will Levis. Clearly there was no consensus in the front office and with Kevin O'Connell that Will Levis could be their next franchise quarterback. So instead they decided to go with someone who they, they like as probably a potential backup, and if something comes to fruition with him, if he overachieves, then that's great. And the, the name Brock Purdy gets mentioned over and over and over <laughs> and over, and it's kind of annoying at this point because there's so few Brock Purdies. But, you know, everybody's kind of thinking that of – and you saw it, you know, with the late-round quarterbacks. There was a run on them. That there was a bunch of them picked. And I think everyone's kind of thinking the same thing. Like, worst-case scenario, Jaron Hall becomes – their backup quarterback, he's a very cheap backup who they can try to help improve. And, you know, maybe best-case scenario, he could be a Case Keenum or something where he could start, and if he's got the right things around him, maybe he could win. But the physical upside is probably not there for him to ever really become a starter. I've always been against taking fifth and sixth and seventh-round quarterbacks because of this. I'd rather just pick somebody who's a pass rusher that might become a situational player or something. But I think after we met Jaron Hall, you totally get it. I mean, just like A-plus character guy, uh, just immediately has a presence about him. And, I, you know, I, he kind of reminded me of like a Kellen Moore who put up, you know, some great stats at Boise State. But he was never going to be gifted enough uh, to be a starter, but had a good career as a backup and became a coach ultimately. 
I, again, I don't, I don't love those picks, um, and it makes a lot of headlines for a fifth-round pick as I just retweeted my own article about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I get it. I mean, I, I get it. If you're Kevin O'Connell and, and Quasi Adopelmenta, I think you were really impressed by him, and maybe, yeah. maybe there's some situation where he could step in and play in the right situation. Brock Purdy is the new annoying um, Tom Brady, (laughs) by the way. Like that storyline has now pushed the other one aside. Go ahead, Pete. Sorry. (laughs) Switching gears for a second. As far as the NFC North, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We talked about the Lions, and we thought they had a very good draft. Uh, What's your take on the Lions, the Packers, the Bears? Is there anything that really stood out for you as far as the NFC North? Yeah, so the Lions is an interesting one because, you know, they didn't really go for those those key positions that are the highest paid. And, you know, I think a lot of analysts were saying, maybe you overdrafted Gibbs, maybe you overdrafted Campbell. Um, But at the same time, if you're the Vikings, I don't think you can laugh too hard at them because you got to play against those players. And those guys are are pretty good. Um, You know, maybe, maybe you could have gotten better draft value at those positions for, you know, a pass rusher, a corner, a receiver, the highest paid spots. But Gibbs is a heck of a player, and he is one that I'm going to want to follow because we always hear about these running backs of like, oh, this guy could play receiver and everything else, and then it very rarely comes to position yep. fruition. It's it's Marshall Falk and uh, Christian McCaffrey, and I can't remember too many other guys. Eric Metcalf from back in our day uh, <laughs> oh. play wide receiver and running back, but there's not too Good many man. guys who who can do it. So. Um, I'm a little skeptical on that for his impact. I love Jack Campbell, though. I mean, if you overdrafted him, fine, because that guy could be a great, great player for them. I mean, that that team is now loaded uh, the way they've drafted for the last couple of years. As far as Chicago, I just thought they went solid and did the exact right thing, going with a tackle. Like, get some pass protection, whether it's for Justin Fields or somebody in the future. It's a good idea. They drafted some receivers. The guy that they got from Cincinnati, Tyler Scott, a little later on is somebody to watch. He's exactly like Darnell Moon, the same guy. Um, little but great separation, might be a playmaker. Um, Chicago's a year a year or two away from having, like, the Detroit-level roster, but I thought they did fine. The Packers keep drafting tight ends, and I don't really get it. Um, I, I just don't, I truly don't really And backup quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, that's fine, I guess, Sean Clifford, if you liked him. Um, but, you know, going with Van Ness, instead of a wide receiver was an interesting decision, but that team's defense has been like supremely mediocre over the last few years. And I, I think Van Ness is, is a powerful pass rusher that again, if you're the Vikings saying, Oh, you guys made the wrong decision on defense, but you do have to face him. And I think he could be a pretty good player. Gosh, you could hear Aaron Rodgers laughing in New York when they didn't yes. draft a wide receiver uh, in the first round. Matt, before we let you go, I, I want it real quick. We're up against it, but I want to know uh, the big picture here. Dalvin Cook, There's. it really seems like there's a good chance he's not on this roster next year if they can find a trade partner. What's the latest? What do you see happening? Yeah, I think that um, they don't have much more time here because um, then we're going to start getting into the OTAs and minicamp. And, I mean, I guess they could run this thing through the summer, but they should just release him after June 1st if they can't find a trade partner. Um, but I think the bigger picture point is that we went into this thinking that they might get a quarterback and they didn't. So now there's still this thing floating around in the air. And then Quasi Adafalmenta sort of leaves the door open to an extension for Kirk to which everyone gasped, I think, after uh, he said that. I don't know how much he meant it or not, but it was like, okay. 
So we came out of this with, I think, a good haul of players for how few picks they had, but no answers to the big questions of Zadarius Smith, Delvin Cook, and then what's next at quarterback. So you have no answer for us then? I don't. No, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Delvin Cook's probably not here. Delvin Cook, actually, no, Delvin Cook is definitely not playing for the Vikings. Oh, man. I always appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Thanks, Thanks Matt. the genius signs off. The genius signing off. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. The genius has left the room. Uh, love it. Love it, love it. Great stuff as always. Check him out at Purple in, on the Purple Insider. Check him out on Twitter as well. He's always got just fantastic stuff. Matt, thanks. We will step aside, take a quick break. We'll come back with a fast break. You're listening to The Huddle on 830. WCCO.